Bunsen, Dolly, Internal, Why do we need Patrick, Oscar, Isaac, Transplanting. Oh, eggs, Steve, eggs. Eggs, I love an egg. Egg. Do you know what's your favourite way of treating an egg? lockdown. Well, since the lockdown, I've been eating a lot more eggs. I've noticed that, like, you know, I've just been really getting... But I've been getting rid of the toast, Nick. I just have an egg. It's delicious. Just an egg. Do you ever get egg bound? What's egg bound? You know, eggs, they, they bung you up a bit, don't they? You get egg bound. Have you not heard of being egg bound? No, I've never heard that term before. <laughs> no, and I don't. Uh, my favourite's a poached egg in general, or just the classic fried. I think that they're the best. I have a poached egg, or for convenience, I often will boil an egg, soft boil it, and then peel it and have it as kind of like a, a poached Snack. egg in its shell. <laughs> See what I mean? What are you talking about? Well, you think about it, right? A poached egg, you crack the egg into boiling water and you cook it soft, right? Yeah. So get an egg, don't crack it, put it in the yeah. boiling water, soft boil it, yeah. right? Run it under the tap, cool it down, crack it, roll it around on a on a draining board, peel the egg. So you make a soft boiled egg. A poached egg. Poached egg. So you've, made, you've made a soft boiled egg. It's a poached egg, but made in its shell. <laughs> and it's a scrambled egg, a poached egg, but made by mix, mixing it up. No, no, it's a totally different thing. <laughs> God, this is a good podcast. Thing, but the, good it? Anyway. Thing, the good thing about my poached egg in shell is you can make like four of them on, in, a, in a go. You can make four of them. A poached egg, you can only put one in the pan, can't you? That's true. You, you can do a couple. If you've got boiling, four in, four um, poached eggs in shell, and then crack them out and roll them. Nick, I've I've shared you? I've I've shared a few breakfasts with you. Why have you been keeping this one under your hat? Your top secret you egg don't development. See the magic technology. that goes on in the kitchen. You're just sitting around sipping juice in the other room. <laughs> anyway, right. Let's get to the matter. So eggs, right? So, did you know that flu? All of the flu. Well, most of the flu uh, vaccines that people have every year made in eggs. I didn't know that. Explain to me how that works. It's crazy. Well, this I, I've seen. The, so I'll start off at the end. So you right. can watch videos of this on YouTube. You look at egg vaccine manufacturer. Huge rooms where they go through literally a million eggs a day. Right. And they have wow. these big robots that inject things into eggs. One million eggs per day in one plant. This is in a company called Sanofi in the US. They have these eggs. Imagine them on these big machines. Lots of syringes inject things and they incubate them in these giant incubators. They go, they go through the shell with a syringe. Through the cell with a syringe, inject a bit of virus into the egg, live virus. Yeah. The virus grows for a period of weeks and then they harvest the egg at the end. And you can get about a million doses of flu vaccine from a single egg. Oh, no, sorry. You can get, you can get, one, you can get one vaccine from one egg. So you get a million doses a day made in this way. Wow. Moment. Yeah, it's crazy, isn't it? So how did, I thought, well, how did they come to, to do this, right? How did you figure that out, yeah? How did you figure that out? So I found some, I read some interesting stuff. There's a great um, blog called Norkin Virology, a virologist called Dr. Norkin or Professor Norkin, who's got an excellent blog. I recommend you have a read. There's loads of fascinating stories. So he goes into the background of it. And it comes from a chap called um, Good Pasture and a, and a lady called Alice Woodruff. So a team who were working a long time ago, 1920s and 30s. And basically what, what happened was when, do you know the first vaccines that were made, Steve? What was the first vaccine? Uh, was it polio, the first one? 
No, it wasn't actually. Okay. It was um, it was smallpox. Smallpox. That's right. Yeah. Do you know how Jenna propagated that vaccine? Uh, I don't know. I Just don't know the people. Just... Well, it was. You've heard the story. Have you heard the story about the invention of the smallpox vaccine? Uh, no, no. Tell me the well, story. Well, recap. It's a it's yeah. a interesting story. Um, he was a, a physician in the 18th, 18th century, and he noticed that milkmaids often never got um, smallpox. Beautiful skin, beautiful milkmaids. Mm. And the reason was, he figured, and other people had actually come to this conclusion beforehand, is because they worked with cows and they caught cowpox, which is very similar to smallpox, but doesn't cause these horrible skin lesions. So he took the pustule of someone with cowpox and inoculated someone else and was able to demonstrate that those people were not able to catch smallpox. Ah, very. So that was the, that's the origin of vaccinology, and that's where the word vaccine comes from. Cow, French, French for cow. Vash, mm, vaccine. Vash. Anyway, so that's the story. That vaccine was originally propagated just in people. You know, you kept the virus going by putting no. As you remember, no one knew what a vaccine was in these days either. Yeah. Anyway, later on, um, Pasteur came up with a vaccine for rabies. Didn't know how to cultivate this. Didn't know what it was either. But he yep. was reliant on rabid dogs. So you had to find a rabid dog. And then you take samples from a rabid dog and inject it into the spinal cord of rabbits. Yuck. Weird. And then that would inactivate nice, the virus. It's a, nice, it's a nice idea, though, isn't it? That people would just go out, like, what are you doing? Oh, I'm <laughs> going out hunting for a rabid dog for science. <laughs> yeah. Anyway, so, so this was kind of, people didn't know what a virus was. You know, they, yeah. they kind of were starting to know what bacteria were, but they didn't know what a virus was. We spoke was. about this before with yellow fever for the we discovery did. of the first virus where they injected it into volunteers and soldiers initially. Yeah. This led eventually to herpes, right? So this was a Parker and Nye, people working in Boston, um, and they were trying to propagate herpes in the same way that rabies was propagated. And what they did from, with this was they took um, herpes, they got, a, they got an extract from an animal and basically injected it into the brain of a rabbit. Lovely, aren't they? Why choose the brain of a rabbit? And then basically what they did was then they cultured the pieces of rabbit brain in a dish to try and keep the virus going. This is like the right. origin of tissue culture, right. growing pieces of human or animal tissue in the lab. People hadn't done this yeah. before. Whacked in some testes, rabbit testes, just, as you do. Just, just for... Just for uh, yeah, and then uh, we were able to propagate the testes and keep the virus going in that way. So these were early attempts to do it. Anyway, um, this chap, Good Pasture, was originally a vet, right? And he was interested in a disease called foul pox, not foul pox as in disgusting pox, as no, no, in no, chicken, chicken pox. Yeah. And he was trying to propagate it. And he one day he just thought, couldn't work out how to do it. He asked his um, student, Alice, Alice Woodruff, to think, oh, you know, it's a chicken thing, you know, rather than injecting it into a rabbit brain, why don't you try injecting it into an egg, right? So basically, this is what happened. She whacked it in the egg. She spent a long time trying to do this, but eventually was able to grow huge quantities of this herpes, sorry, this foulpox virus, by inoculating it into eggs. And you could propagate it in this way for, for ages, basically. So how you does, keep the virus how, going. How does, how does it work? So <clears throat> so does the, is the egg... Does it have all, enough cells to kind of... to mount an immune, are they, Is it mounting an immune response to the virus in the egg? Like, because well, I think the, the egg is partially doesn't have a it does have an immune system, but it's not as fully developed as an adult. Um, and also, 
the virus actually infects the chicken. So I'm going to explain about that. Ah, so there's a, there's a fertilized chicken in the egg. It's not just an unfertilized egg. Oh, yeah. It's not like your poached egg. Oh, oh, you got me egg. confused with all this boiled poached egg in boiled egg talk. Right, okay, get it. All right. So there's a little chicken growing in an egg, and they come in and they inject that chicken with the flu. Well, actually, it's what's called the choreoallantoic membrane. It's the, it's the placenta of the right. chick. And we this is interesting to me because we've put we've done work on this. You can propagate pieces of tissue on the membrane because it's so well vascularized, it's right. almost like a bioincubator. You can right. grow pieces of tissue on that membrane and it becomes incorporated into the blood system of the chicken placenta, the, the CAM, choroallantoic membrane. Anyway, I thought it was quite sweet what she said. She's obviously an enthusiast and she spent ages trying to do it. And she said, you know, when she'd been successful, looking back, I can't forget the thrill of that moment when Dr. Goodpasture came into my lab and we stood by the hood where the incubator was installed and I showed him this swollen claw from the inoculated embryo. Aww. A key pivotal moment in her career. Brilliant, isn't it? Do you know what? I guess it does. It brings. Uh, it raises the hairs on the back of my neck hearing that. Those, <laughs> not not because obviously I care about a clawed chicken, but I certainly had those moments in my scientific career where something works and you want yeah. to you want to show people straight away. Yeah, I know. I know what you mean. I, you don't have those so often. We don't have them at all really now. I mean, it's probably only happened in that manner like three times in my life in yeah. that way. But yeah, yeah you remember them. Um, anyway, rabies vaccines, they grow them in duck eggs. You know why? Because uh, they're bigger. They, they, they have to be grown for longer and duck eggs take longer to hatch. Ah, so the chickens would hatch if they... If they yeah, uh... yeah, before you get enough vaccine. Ah. They should do it in ostriches as well. Emus it's and been, ostriches. Look, it seems like they're making too much though, Nick, right? Like if there's a million eggs, right? You know, and you use a million... And how long does it take to grow? Uh, eggs, 21 days incubation for hatching. But so, so, so you've got to be able to make the vaccine in less than 21 days, otherwise yeah. the would hatch. Well, we're not using eggs for COVID. And it's because of that reason. It's not as economical and not as efficient, and it takes longer. So it's much quicker to develop. The new ones are based on basically viruses which are alive but don't kill you. So you put a right. bit of the protein for COVID in a, a regular virus, an adenovirus, you infect someone with that and then you generate uh, an immune response. So you don't need these dead viruses. All of these egg um, systems rely on living viruses, which subsequently you attenuate, you kill or you inactivate right. in some way right. and you inject the dead virus. The new COVID va va vaccines rely on usually live viruses of some description, which are harmless to humans. Mm, OK, so there you go. That's why that's the story of eggs in vaccines and i still contend that a in-shell poached egg is the best method of consuming an egg in the morning right i'm bringing up gordon ramsay right now <laughs>